0: A Mouthful of Air, a poetry podcast with Mark McGuinness.
1: The Garden of Gethsemane by Malaika Booker I cannot tell you what the trees whispered to him that night. Air ripe with the scent of living, fruits pungent, leaves clapping, harmonising with the cricket's rhythmic screech. What could trees whisper to a black man juggling sorrow on the eve of his catastrophe, face tortured, back bent from the weight of prophecy? kneeling in damp soil, thoughts wrestling, each worry a serrated knife gorging flesh. Say he was weeping, beating his chest, murmuring, big man don't cry, wanting to unshackle from his father's heirloom. But what papa does not force their son into a square box, each corner reinforced with the black tar of hardening expectations? and the garden was not a tonic. When he spoke to the leaves, did they not turn their backs, curl into their spine, to recede into their own nourishment, leaving him to keep his own vigil on this seemingly ordinary night, the eve of his prophesied death? And those disciples, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me, he asked them. Oh, those fickle hard-airs men, how their snores became bass in the ripe music of this garden. How they will regret not catching the tremor in his voice, the slight waver each pause. Regret will sit heavy on their chest whenever they remember this garden and not reading the nuances, his pathos, between each utterance of his asking. Sit here while I go to pray, meaning, Sit so we can converse in the language of grief. Meaning, it is my last night with you. Let us partake in the language of wake. Lick down dominoes and make all talk. Come, Naman. Meaning, be my brothers tonight. Come, lick down double six and rock the table. Disturb the still of the night. He wanted all talk, lime and labrish. My soul... Exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. But his brother's snores mingled with the owl's hoot, And the leaves turned their backs, While his kinfolk sprawl out in sleep. The nails, the nails, bones breaking, splintering, Bearing timber on your back like a donkey carrying load. Say he's weeping, and beating his chest, Muttering, big man don't cry, Mourning his lack of ordinariness. Morning, his body will not rot, worm and decay. Maggots will not feed on his flesh. Now, his palms dig into the soil, earth in fingernails, sift in the dirt. Man's flesh is molded from, burying this sorrowful weight. Then standing as the stuttering light of morning approaches. Mm.
0: Malaika, where did this poem come from? So
1: um, the BBC contacted me um, last year during Easter um, and asked me if I could write a poem for them. And they'd allocated, it was to commemorate um, Lent and and Easter Mm -hmm. and the the countdown to Easter. So they allocate each poem, poet, a different night Ah. um, or a different day. Um, and I was given the, um, I was given the night before, uh, Jesus died when he went into the garden Mm -hmm. and he went into the garden of Gethsemane Yeah, and he was in there and the disciples, he was in there with the disciples and the weight was heavy because he knew it was just before his betrayal. It was the day before his betrayal. Mm -hmm. And he also knew that, what was to come that he was going to be crucified. Yeah. So he's in the garden and he's very laden with it. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I approached that, but also I'm, you know, um, I'm studying at the moment and I, um, and I've had this project I've been working on for quite a while, which is kind of creolizing the King James Bible, placing the characters, the, the geography and the, um, language, um, of the of the Caribbean within the King James Bible, wow, um, and seeing <laughs> and seeing <laughs> what that i seeing what that what comes up in that you know what comes up in that space, how that helps to think about colonization and mm. racism and and what happens in that space, and also how that helps to think about gender um, within the post after the post-colonial um, project and its yeah. legacy but also in terms of women as a whole and how they're situated there. So in a way, it's, it's, it's some of the poems are becoming quite universal as well as being specific to place. Um, So when they asked me to write this, even though I'm concentrating on the old Testament for the PhD, because you have to be quite specific, Mm -hmm. um, it felt like I could continue exploring this within the, within the
0: new Testament. Wow. That's, that's quite a project. I want to come back to the King James, because that was obviously one of the things that, that jumped out at me. It was the different registers of the language within the poem. But I want to go back to that moment of commission. I mean, what was it like when they said, okay, you're doing the Garden of Gethsemane? How did that feel?
1: Um, well, first I was like, yeah, this is the Bible. I'm here. I'm in the Bible. <laughs> um, and then I think the process, the process of imagination comes. What I do is I, I write out the whole text. Mm-hmm. Um, um we did workshops with Mimi Kavati, yeah um, and I remember her saying sometimes to understand if you like a poem in a book or to understand it write it out and in the process of writing you start to understand the musicality and the lyricism mm. and some of the things that the writer does so the first approach I take to that part of the bible is that I write it out so I write it out, you know. So I wrote out Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 46 from the mm-hmm. King James Bible. And then I underlined key lines. Like, um, I underlined lines like, began to be sorrowful and heavy. Mm-hmm. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and, yeah. w- and watch with me. And I underlined things like, prayed, saying, oh, my father, if this is my cup, may it not pass away from me except I drink it, they will be done. So I understand what I realized now was kind of like the emotional register. And then I start writing, how is he feeling? And I start writing mm. a kind of essay or a kind of sentence. like, how is he speaking? What is he doing? How does he feel? And I start to kind of humanize, but also interestingly enough, um, in the aftermath of John George Floyd as well, the idea of this man kneeling to pray with his neck down oh, became right. quite, quite powerful. Mm-hmm. And so George Floyd keeps leaking into the poem. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I wanted, the, but also the, what I'm also playing with is how I move from one register for, to another. Although I don't do it as much here, but in some of the poems I'm praying from moving to, the the, the the person in the poem speaking, b- b- you know speaking so that big man don't cry, yeah. so that the, the person who is in there is given voice mm-hmm. because in the in the Bible a lot of ca- poet a lot of people are erased they're spoken about mm-hmm. but they don't yeah, they don't right, speak
0: yeah. they're spoken um, for and
1: then the other thing yes they're spoken for and then the other thing I wanted to do was also to still get a bit of how I move from vernacular from Caribbean into that kind of, and and to keep some of the King James register, you know? Yeah. So lines that start, say he was weeping, you know, mm. and the garden was not a tonic. Uh, yeah. So those are taken from, and all, all those fickle, hard men. men, yeah. that linguistic, that language, that linguistic kind of, that cadence is taken from the, kin- the, 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 the rhythmic, qualities of the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. And I think about it, the cricket's rhythmic screech is kind of like ironic. It's me, the poet kind of almost saying to myself, <laughs> remember that you're remember that you're trying to get these, 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 these rhythmic echoes within the poem, mm-hmm. but also it's humanizing. We just see this person, he went to the garden of Gethsemane and he's, he's such an idol and a God and, and, and a figure in, in Christianity. But, but what what is the human? What is the what is the torture, and what what lets you say, "Oh Father, if th- if this is my cup, may this not pass"? What is the mood of someone who is doing that? And so that line of forty-two, verse forty-two in the King James Bible became kind of like the, the 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 underlining tone, the manifesto for the poem in a way.
0: And this, you know, that question about what is the mood of him? I mean, this is. I think this is the point in the New Testament where Jesus is really at its most human, isn't he? Cuz I mean, I guess in Yes. Jesus goes from the the spectrum from, you know, really divine Jesus to really human Jesus, and I think this is probably the, the furthest at the the human end of the spectrum where he's he's questioning, he's frightened, he's he's not sure of himself the way he is in public, is he?
1: No. This is him as his most vulnerable and he also wants companionship. He's mm. aware that he's going to be taking a burden on his own now and it's really and his flesh it's going to be painful and stuff and so he wants he really needed the disciples that night. You know, he had needs as well. And so I wanted that in there as well and I wanted to explore how would this sit in 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 the in the in the in the, in the, in the Caribbean um wake tradition or ritual of nine night of watching. Of so, when someone dies, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes from the moment of death, you know, p- you start going to the to the house and yeah. you are watching. You are sitting with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the olden days, the body would come into the house as well, mm-hmm. and the night before, the family would sit with the body, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then in the in the wake, in the during the wake, there are things that happen, like you know, people play dominoes and eat food and share food and share stories, um, in that wake tradition. So I'm pulling some of that into here as well. Very subtly. He wanted them to sit down, but it's really ironic. He wanted them to sit down and play dominoes because it's its own wake. So that's Mm. unusual, right? Because the body is usually left. Um, so, 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 so that, and then I, I wondered about nature. If this is set in the Caribbean, then nature plays a big part. So I started reading up about that region and the olive trees and what were being said about the olive trees and what were being said about the trees. So I started doing research about the trees and, and then I saw something in my research about leaves curling in, in the night. Mm. So that's nothing to do with the olive trees, but these leaves curling into the night and I, and so that was, um, and then I th- I thought about the idea of leaves whispering, you know that we always talk about leaves whispering. It's such yeah. a a, yeah, like yeah. a saying. Mm-hmm. So I started to think about all these things. I started to make a kind of tapestry, or or it's a, you know it's like a, a painter sketching the 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 scenery. But none of that scenery, most of that scenery, did not go in. What was the ground line? Was there Jew? So I know that there's Jew in the, in, there was Jew. Mm-hmm. You know, Jew is saturating the places, Jew like tears. And some yeah. of those images didn't come into the poem. Mm-hmm. But th- th- that, kind of, that kind of exploration happened and then got discarded.
0: So I have an image of you kind of walking around in the imaginative space where you're doing research, you're reading the King James Bible, you're thinking, you know, George Floyd, is in your mind as well. How do you how do you navigate that space? Because these are some big, weighty topics among in and among some you know little technical questions like, well, was there Jew on the ground? I mean, how do you find the right orientation within that space?
1: So um, it's funny because as you're talking to me, I'm looking at my notebook to, to help me to remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get the poem and then you forget all of that work before. Yeah. Um, I started. I think. I think it started with, and what did the trees whisper that night? That was the first line mm. of the poem in a couplet. And what did the trees whisper that night to the big man um, whose will was at the crossroad? I started thinking about this crossroad. And so that was the first couplet before the editing. Mm-hmm. And so I started to write, and but also I, I started to kind of write, what do I want the poem to do? And I wanted the poem to score an emotional landscape. Mm-hmm. So um, so I started to get I started to get what is the emotional landscape? It's its need, it's it's loss, and how does that manifest itself? Well, the trees are whispering, there's ambience, it's almost filmic. The poem is almost filmic. Mm. Um, what do you do in grief? You 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 weep, you you beat, and and then I cannot tell you, it's like it came out in my free rides. I cannot tell I cannot tell you how he was feeling that night. I cannot tell you how he can, you know. So that kind of came. And then this and, and maybe he must have, and maybe he must have. Mm-hmm. So looking at the free rides, I started to see that that was an, a kind of anaphoric. Yeah. Um, I can never say it, or anaphoria, anaphoric, um, which is when you repeat something at the beginning of the line over and over. And also it felt really good. To do that because that feels like a biblical, almost a prayer yes, place. Because yes, in litany, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: and in prayer, that's what happens. Mm. You know, um, you do that, and we said, and in the name of the Father, and da, 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 and, and 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 you you yeah. have that repetition refrain. So I thought that that might add the element of prayer in the poem, and so I'm starting to kind of construct the poem. That those those suppositions, and then you start working on the poem line by line, and then all of that kind of becomes becomes the foundation that you've forgotten, but it's there in the body because now you're like re- really trying to get, you're on the blank page trying to get the words mm. and you're working sometimes line by line, sometimes pulling lines that you've got in notebooks that you put down, you know? So I had something like, I cannot tell you what the trees whispered that night. Someone's ears desperate for empathy. What the, tre- the trees whispered to my tortured face? my body bent from the weight of forecast and, um, and complexities, me kneeling in the soil, my knee on the sogging earth, in the rain, in the dew, the air ripe with the scent of the living, and the fruits are pungent in this damp evening. Now you're hearing all these extra words, mm. right? Yeah. But that's me exploring the idea, and then it's like it's brutal,
0: rigorous editing. Right. So we're going to come back to that process in a moment there's a there's a couple of characteristics of of your jesus that i think i would like to pick up on here so one is you you describe him as a black man juggling sorrow now we know from you know the the typical iconography is he's very often white he's caucasian isn't he and we know that he almost certainly was not so on the one hand you've emphasized the blackness and also i think it's very interesting you 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 have, I think, you repeat this phrase: "Big man, don't cry." So the Jesus struggling with his masculinity there, if you like. Yes. And again, yes. normally the way he's represented is it's not exactly effeminate, but he's not a macho. We don't get macho Jesus mm. very often. Maybe that outburst in the in the temple with the in the market, but he's normally mm. quite passive, quite gentle qualities that would not be associated with the big man. So I'm I'm curious about how you came to this imagining of your Jesus.
1: Well, fun, fundamentally enough, right? The poem is quite, as I'm talking to you about it, I'm like, wow, this poem is doing quite a lot. Mm. Um, it is exploring masculinity as well. Um, one of the things that I suppose the bigger project is doing is it's looking at this very patri- patriarchal book, Right? Um this very, very patriarchal book.
0: Yes, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get a lot more patriarchal. Yes. <laughs> it
1: doesn't get a lot more patriarchal than that. Um and it's on picking some of the some of the the the, the problem the problems um with patriarchy. Yeah. Um and one of them is this notion of the stoic masculine figure. Mm. You don't show your emotions. Yeah. But I beg to differ. I think there there are loads of times when we see Jesus outburst. Not only there's times when he, he tells off the apostles Mm-hmm. There's times when he speaks to them in this kind of proverb. Mm. There's times when he, it seems like when he's having emotional outbursts, except for the one in the temple, there's the other time when he has that, when he's in the desert being tempted by the by the devil. Yeah, And it seems like there's a solitude whenever he's experiencing agony. Mm. For me, I, I suppose, there's yeah. a solitude when mm. he's experiencing agony. Um, you know, there's this, even, even though he had, the, the thieves with him on both sides of the cross, he's the one who is nailed. They are not nailed. You know, he's, he, he's the one who he's still alone. Even when he's car- carrying the cross, he's still alone. So there's this, there's this thing. And I, I, I wanted the big man don't cry to represent that, but I also wanted to explore not only ma- so it, it becomes universal because it becomes about the bigger masculinity, but it also becomes about masculinity within the black community within the black diaspora community mm-hmm. and obviously within the Caribbean community, how, how man, how males, how man is the expectations we have yeah. of, of males and, 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 and what is, how is that expectations? Big man don't cry. How is that expectations perpetuated on the black body when the black body isn't seen as a vulnerable body? Mm. And how does the black body enact and perform to to um, in a space where um, the things enacted on it call for vulnerability, call for emotions, mm-hmm. you know so it's like, so, so it's big I mean God, I'm exploring big things in these well wow, it's, a, small it's a really
0: big poem <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know it feels like it's a poem with a big heart to contain all of that. and I'm also curious about this I at the beginning, I cannot tell you what the trees whispered mm. to him that night and you know all the way through the poem we've got as you say jesus as a very solitary figure and he's he's desperate for company he's desperate for someone to sit with him and, and witness i, I mean I, i'm curious who is this "I"? who because th- it strikes me that that "I" maybe the the poet is witnessing is waking with him would that be going too far
1: yeah, I think um I cannot tell you is this is a leftover from that from when I was writing it because in, in one of the free in some one of the free writes that I did, it was like I can tell you and I cannot tell you.
0: Oh right? okay
1: Um to, to enable me to understand what I what I knew about the text. What can I tell you about this? What can I tell you about this imaginary world I'm building? And mm. what can't I tell you? And and one of the things I realized is I can't I can't tell you. So I I, I realized I couldn't tell you a lot, you know, I couldn't tell you what he was wearing. I had this litany, but, but I kept coming back to the trees and I felt like the trees would be an anchor. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I felt like I wouldn't understand the trees whispering, I, the poet, but this is, this is the son of God. He understands everything. Hmm. He would understand nature as well. He would understand, but even though the trees are whispering to him, they're not communicating with him. They turn their back.
0: Right. Mm. Okay, so maybe we can focus a bit more on the the actual words and the writing process because you you've mentioned that it did you say it started off in couplets? It did. It started off in couplets. And how did it? What what was the evolution of the form of the poem like?
1: Um, so it started off in couplets, and then it became a block form as I tried to kind of chisel and work on things. It became a, a really big block. Um, And, um, as, as I was working on it, um, the, the couplets was, was, I felt like, uh, I felt like the couplets would like had a a lightness to, um, and I was feeling my way. Sometimes you feel in your way, trying to find the personality of the poem,
0: Yeah,
1: the personality of the poem, because the first thing you do when you look at a poem is you see the shape and the shape gives you some idea of the personality of that poem. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think I wanted it in couplets because I was thinking of lightness and of, 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 of kind of like a light song. Mm. Right. Like I'm singing this, like a, you know, this idea of singing someone through their wake or singing someone through their, when your, when your heart is not at ease, you want song.
0: Mm.
1: And then it became a block because I was like, I'm trying to too early for the form. I actually need to work out what is in this. What is in this poem and what is outside of the poem? And the block helped me to kind of edit out the yeah. extra words, and then I started thinking about. And we come back to Mimi Cavati, who I think is like the super huge superwoman of poetry and, and such <laughs> a seer. And I remember something that's never left me. And we talked about what it, the weight of of a form, and so so the 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 weight of a form, the the the, the quatrains the four the four line verse presents a heaviness yes it's almost like yeah. a table it's almost yeah. stoic it's almost heavy and so it started to feel like at first the first line the first three line so it starts with a tercet, a three line stanza three mm-hmm. line verse and that that's almost um a sleigh of hand that's almost like um uh a, a a setup that's, that's not going to be continued because it, it, it the trees are whispering to him. Mm. It's everything is teeming with life. There's noise everywhere. Right. Yeah. So that's why that is there, that it. And then it goes into the heaviness. He's on his own. None of this noise is, is he's silent there. And then the whole, Poem is in quatrains in, in four-line stanzas because of that heaviness. And if you think of hymns, if you think of hymns, and I think of hymns that we sing at in in, in at funerals, yeah. they're usually like four-line verses, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um I'm and then there's that. this break, almost like it's too much. And there's this break when the poet and even he sees ahead. Mm. Um which is which is unusual and I didn't know whether that would work and I thought when I sent it to the BBC producers they're going to come back and say this what happened here <laughs> the poem kind of re, the poem kind of revolts <laughs> um and so that yeah
0: so that's three three stanzas from the end it, it suddenly breaks into these short lines you know the nails the nails bones breaking splintering and so on so yes and you and yeah. obviously it does stick out particularly if you know if you're listening folks and go and have a look on the website you'll see the form changes quite quite radically in that stanza so tell me about that decision to a well how did that happen and be the decision to keep it
1: um so I, i i thought oh my god you you're seeing ahead to what is going to happen and this is making the weight even more can we see with you? Like, can 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 we see? Mm-hmm. You know, because you are. It's that line in the Bible. I think when he says, um, "It comes from that line in the Bible when he says, t- like almost like, take this weight, like Father, can you take this weight from me?"
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: You know, he says, he says, "Oh, my Father, if this is the cup, mm. may not may it not pass away from me, except I drink it. Thy will be done." And that line, remember, I said that I extracted these lines. Yeah. Underneath that line, underneath that extraction, I would write things. I'd write thoughts and stuff. And that line was like, "What could he see?" And then also, like, as I grew up Catholic,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the thing, and the thing is, like, you know, Palm Sunday or when you think about the palms, I would just hold my palm. It just felt like a fragile thing, and trying to understand bow, nails going through my bones, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it just felt like the most horrendous thing you could do to a human, and so I, so st- I, I wrote down what would stick out as the, in the journey as the hardest thing that you feel like you can't base, and I thought it was the nails. Mm. The nails, and then the carrying, the, the 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 humbling, the subjugation of having to carry timber on your back, of having to pull this thing, the, the degradation of that, mm-hmm. and then also for me, it reminded me in terms of body being sacrificed. It reminded me again of the bigger project of the of the colonial legacy of slavery mm-hmm. and the enslaved, where the body is not at, at the will. And the body is carrying, um, and, and, and then timber for me is one of the things that was, that was, you know, we talk about sugarcane yeah, and we talk about rum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but we don't talk about mahogany and we don't talk about timber and we don't talk about the wood. Mm. So, so all of that, I mean, God, it's big, isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot of big writing. There's pages. Poems take pages to then get down into yeah. that. Um, And it's agony because I don't know where it's going and I don't know where all these big ideas are going because the poem has to be put so precise. So that came up and it became like a litany. It came like in your head, your thoughts. You know, when you don't want to do something, oh, the application form, the application form, I have to write (laughs) the application form, right? So it became like that, the nails, the nails, (sighs) you know, blood, you know, almost like, almost like we're, we're in that worry in the, and, and I say his worry was a serrated knife earlier in the poem. And here we, 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 the, the, the reader enters into that serrated knife. They enter into that, into that mind for yeah. a second and they're in the future. Hmm. And then we come back and that's repeated. Say he's weeping, beating his chest. And now we understand it why you would weep, yeah. you know, and mourn in his lack of ordinariness. Do you understand what that lack of ordinariness is? Mm. Because his body will not be buried like anybody else. And actually, in here, he wants his body to be buried and go into the earth.
0: And that's an extraordinary thing to mourn, isn't it? Because the rest of us have to mourn the fact that we will go into the earth. <laughs> but He's, he's feeling, uh, it's an incredible moment in the poem. It's, it, really, he's alone in the absence of death. Yes. Which, you know, the rest of us have to face. Yes. And picking up on this idea of heaviness, because I think you're absolutely right, you know, the four square long lines of these quatrains it is like a big old heavy table, maybe a mahogany table. And mm. another thing that's really heavy is is, the, is the, the language of the King James Bible. And you've got this amazing contrast or amazing dance going on between that that register, and the Caribbean vernacular throughout the poem. Can you say something about that? Because, you know, there are more user-friendly, modern, colloquial translations of the Bible. Um, what made you stick with the King James, and what effect did that have?
1: The King James is exquisitely beautiful ling- language-wise mm. for a poet. Yeah, You know, sit ye here while I go to pray. You know, some version says... He wanted them to sit with him while he went to pray. Well, no, I, yeah. as a poet, yeah, it's, that's not uh, doing poet, anything. It's, the,
0: it's not on the same level, <laughs> is it? <laughs>
1: no, no. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, <sighs> even unto death. Oh, Tarry yes. here, yeah, sits with me. <laughs> yeah, how, how you know? So, so to play off that that language, that beautiful lyrical. There's a lyricism to the King James Bible, first mm-hmm. of all. There's also the fact that growing up in the Caribbean, the King James Bible is Im- is is embedded in a lot of our culture, in, in mm. a lot of our cultural, social, religious, everything. So I thought it was all right to be Catholic and have the King James Bible because the King James Bible was in everybody's household. Right. When I came over here, people were like, no, no. The King James, so people have the King James Bible, they register birth, death. There was a time when people weren't allowed to read the Bible. It was felt that, you know, my ancestors shouldn't read, mm-hmm. shouldn't learn to read. Mm-hmm. And some people were prosecuted for reading the Bible. And it's this same King James Bible. Wow. Right? Yeah. Um, and the King James Bible is if you listen to reggae lyrics, if you listen to it's the most quoted, most of the lyrics come from from, from the King James. A lot of the proverbial language within the Caribbean mm-hmm. comes from the King James. So the King so the language of the King James exists. And it's blended with this lyrical vernacular of, you know, if it's Trinidadian, mm-hmm. if it's Jamaican, if it's Guyanese, the King James Bible is there. Mm. Um, and I wanted to explore that and I wanted to understand what that is. Because also the King James Bible is is the Bible that, you know, um, people use, the, the planters, the plantocracy yeah. use that Bible to, to validate and to pick lines in there to mm. validate slavery but then the enslaved used the king james bible to 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 understand to use as a kind of um a kind of vision or mythical or a, a space for escape for freedom with the with the exodus with moses and the mm-hmm. exodus from egypt yeah. and the promised land and freedom and taken flight. So there are all these really, um, and, and so I, I really have always been kind of excited and, and, and curious about this mix. Um, and so I don't know if you notice, but when a lot, of, sometimes in when the thing comes in, when the, when the city here, while I go to pray, just a few lines later, we'll make all talk, come naman. man, I usually try and explore the vernacular not far from the biblical text.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I wanted it to be much more, but this poem was like, no, I'm not having it, because, you know, the poem kind of dictates what it's doing. It takes over from the poet.
0: <laughs> yeah, the poem has its own its own way, doesn't it? So it's all of that, really. Well, thank you, Malaika. I mean, this is one of the things I love about poetry, is that you can look at a poem and you can spend time time with it and the more you look the more you find in it and we're finding I mean even you know the first few times I have read this there's an extraordinary richness about it but it's really you've opened up several other layers and dimensions of it for me today so I think it would be a really good moment for us to listen to the poem again.
1: The Garden of Gethsemane by Malaika Booker I cannot tell you what the trees whispered to him that night. Air ripe with the scent of living, fruits pungent, leaves clapping, harmonizing with the cricket's rhythmic screech. What could trees whisper to a black man juggling sorrow on the eve of his catastrophe, face tortured, back bent from the weight of prophecy? kneeling in damp soil, thoughts wrestling, each worry a serrated knife gorging flesh. So he was weeping, beating his chest, murmuring, big man don't cry, wanting to unshackle from his father's heirloom. But what papa does not force their son into a square box, each corner reinforced with the black tar of hardening expectations? and the garden was not a tonic. When he spoke to the leaves, did they not turn their backs, curl into their spine, to recede into their own nourishment, leaving him to keep his own vigil on this seemingly ordinary night, the eve of his prophesied death? And those disciples, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me, he asked them. Oh, those fickle hard-airs men, how their snores became bass in the ripe music of this garden. How they will regret not catching the tremor in his voice, the slight waver each pause. Regret will sit heavy on their chest whenever they remember this garden and not reading the nuances, his pathos, between each utterance of his asking. Sit ye here while I go to pray, meaning, Sit so we can converse in the language of grief, meaning, it is my last night with you. Let us partake in the language of wake, lick down dominoes, and make all talk. Come, Naman, meaning, be my brothers tonight. Come, lick down double six, and rock the table. Disturb the still of the night. He wanted all talk, lime and labrish. My soul... Exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. But his brother's snores mingled with the owl's hoot. And the leaves turned their backs while his kinfolk sprawl out in sleep. The nails, the nails, bones breaking, splintering. Bearing timber on your back like a donkey carrying load. Say he's weeping and beating his chest, muttering, Big man don't cry, mourning his lack of ordinariness. Morning his body will not rot, worm and decay, maggots will not feed on his flesh. Now his palms dig into the soil, earth in fingernails, sift in the dirt man's flesh is moulded from, burying this sorrowful weight, then stand in as the stuttering light of morning approaches.
0: Malaika Booker is a poetry lecturer at Manchester University and a British poet and theatre maker of Guyanese and Grenadian parentage. She is the founder of Malaika's Poetry Kitchen, a writing collective which has met for over 20 years and creates a space for marginalised voices to develop their craft. Her first poetry collection, Seed published by People Tree Press in 2013, was shortlisted for the OCM Bocchus Prize and the Seamus Heaney Centre Prize 2014 for first full collection. She is published with the poets Sharon Olds and Warson Shire in the Penguin Modern Poets Series 3, Your Family, Your Body, 2017. Malaika is a Carve Carnum Fellow, and in 2020 she won the Forward Poetry Prize for Best Single Poem. A Mouthful of Air is a poetry podcast hosted by Mark McGuinness. New episodes are released every other Tuesday. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to help me reach more poetry lovers, you can do this by telling a friend about it or by taking a few seconds to leave a rating or even a brief review on Apple Podcasts. If you would like a full transcript of every episode sent to you via email, including the poem text, you can sign up for this at a mouthful of air.fm/subscribe If you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can find all the links as well as a full episode archive at a mouthful of air.fm. The music and soundscapes for the show are created by Javier Whaler. Sound production is by Breaking Waves and visual identity by Irene Hoffman. A mouthful of air is produced by the 21st century creative with support from Arts Council England via a National Lottery Project Grant. Thank you for listening. I'll be back soon with another poem.